Greetings, radio and podcast family. We're back once again. So welcome to the Stone Builders Hour with Pastor Gary and my lovely, beautiful wife, JC. Yes, yes, yes. Praise God. You know, the Stone Builders Hour, we're a faith talk show sharing the good news with you. Elder JC and I believe that there is so much information on how we deal with not only ourselves as believers, that we trust in the Almighty because he will guide you to a better relationship with the Lord and your Bible. So we welcome you to send in your questions and or start a conversation around this topic called complacency. Matter of fact, our show is called, this is part two of being a complacent Christian. Mm. So just go back last week, maybe last week, uh, you can um, you know go back and visit that uh, on SoundCloud, Google, uh, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher. And also remember, you can listen to us every Thursday at 5 o'clock on Wave 94. Catch the wave. All right. <laughs> but we also welcome you to become a partner of the show. And you can do that by signing up on our website. We livingstones.org that's one word we livingstones.org and, and once that page comes up click on the donate button or faster yet you can just do cash app a dollar sign livingstones51 that's so easy and also hey our phone number is 850-219-0091 and let us know how you're doing or if you have any questions or um Hey, you might even want us to show up somewhere sometime in public. (laughs) All right. Greetings, radio podcast family. Yes, we got to observe according to the COVID-19 standards. Yes, indeed. (laughs) But yes, uh, Pastor is saying we are so grateful for you and we would love for you to become partners with us. We believe this show uh, will punch or literally Punch. have a lot of facts that to help you on your journey. Yeah, I mean, they've been yes. talking about fighting a whole yeah, lot there. In the, in this, the, but we're Christ. fighting for the Lord. Praise we are God. warriors of the Lord. Remember that. Yes. There is nothing so sobering as finding out that, you know, complacency may be holding you back from meeting God where he wants you to be. Because sometimes I know a lot of people always ask us, well, how do you, how have you been in business for as long as you have the ministry? How, how did you do that? Well, we're about taking what's on paper and bringing it to life. Yes. And so God has given us that ability. That is one that of our gift. gifts yes. that he has given us. So we want you to know that God has given you a gift as well. He has great things in store for you and wishes above all things for you to prosper. That's my favorite quote that I sign all my cards with. 3 John 2. He wants you to prosper in all things, your health and your soul and spirit. Today, Pastor and I are doing a short review, but talking about complacency and how it affects the legality of the law, complacency versus morality, and complacency versus contentment. And I think it, that could be self-satisfaction or gratification, or it could mean that you're just one of those people who just loves serving others. Praise God. You know, we can conclude that complacency is when the believer 
has reached a point of satisfaction in which they become comfortable in their faith and don't feel the need to move forward in their Christian life. And when that happens, sin slowly starts to influence their Christian life. JC and I looked at the lives of King David a lot last week, and we mentioned A.W. Tozier, who said, Complacency is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. Then he went on to say, One in a thousand Christians reveals any passionate thirst for God. How many? Only one in a thousand. I must be that one. I must be that one. <laughs> they say that passionate thirst, they only, they only one in a thousand have a passionate mm. thirst for God. That is audience low. So it means we need to start doing some retrospecting uh, again about what, who we are and, and why we're here and what are we wow. living for? Because I know I'm like Jeremiah. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Mm. But before we get started, we want to recognize our longtime sponsor, Dr. Elton Powell of Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center. Please call for an appointment, 850-402-9061, or take the time to visit his website at dynamicspineandwellness.com. That's dynamicspineandwellness.com. Dr. Paul, we know, uses a holistic approach. He has supplements and other things to help you not only with your diet, but just helping you overall to become more, build up your immunity, build up your strength. Yes, with COVID, we need our immunity built up. So he's going to help your particular ailment. And as a chiropractor, his motto is live happy. Yeah. You're right about that being uh, now that the weather, even though it's cold right now, it's going to warm up. It's going to warm up. And now's the time to get on that weight loss plan that he has and he can help you with natural products. All right. We'll be right back. Anne-Marie Baker and I used to have severe excruciating right arm and neck pain thanks to spinal decompression therapy from Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center I no longer have any pain or discomfort and my issues were resolved without having any surgery Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center has helped me enjoy my life again at Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center we unlock your potential to be the best version of you and build your body to excellent health. Hi, my name is Dr. Powell, and we take pride in giving you fast and friendly service that is tailored to your needs. We provide safe, comfortable, and effective treatments using state-of-the-art equipment. Life is full of adjustments, so get yourself realigned for better, healthier future today. Call 402-9061. That's 402-9061. Dynamic Spine and Wellness Center. Online at dynamicspineandwellness.com. Tune in to the Stone Builders Hour, a unique talk show hosted by Pastor Gary and Elder JC every Thursday at 5 o'clock on Wave 94.1.
Hey, Dads, Pastor Gary here from Living Stones with a fatherhood tip just for you. Did you know on any given day, there are over 2 million children who have a father in prison, which means many children are growing up without their dads. So men, please mentor these children with homework, sports, and church. Reach out to your youth programs in your area and check out our website, welivingstones.org. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Stone Butters Hour with uh, Pastor Gary, my lovely wife, Elder JC, and we're going to talk about complacency versus the law. And uh, But before we do, I wanted to do some housekeeping. Last week, we did a farm share. Uh, well, not last week, but January to, um, 30th. Yes. We did a farm share at Griffin Middle School. Uh, we were blessed to be able to uh, share 11,500 pounds of food to the community. And now we have uh, two farm shares that are coming up. So mark your calendar. Uh, we have a partner with the Leon County Schools and farm share will bring their truck to Lively Technical College on Saturday, February 27th. The giveaway is going to start at 8 o'clock. And volunteers, you're welcome to come. Please. Um, yeah. Oh. The more the merrier. At 6.30 a.m., we can package up everything, and then we can um, go ahead and start the line early. We normally do. As soon as we get enough food package, we do. Now, we have the big one where Farm Share will be bringing a semi-truck. That's going to be the big one on Saturday, March the 20th. Um, it's going to be at 8 o'clock until we run out of food. And believe it or not, we run out of food with a semi-truck. That's up to like 35,000 pounds of food. And uh, we want volunteers to come at 6.30. It's going to be at the Gene Cox Stadium, uh, which is uh, right there at Paul Russell Road. And this is hosted by Commissioner Bill Proctor. And we're going to be giving away free uh, face masks uh, during that time period. So just come on down. I got to give uh, shout-outs to Cumulus Media, um, uh, the Leon County School uh, District, and Capital City Chamber of Commerce, and Tabernacle Missionary Baptist Church, praise God, and of course, Living Stones. We will, yes, indeed, we will be in the house Saturday, March the 20th. Praise God. All right. And, and now for the rest of the story. <laughs> you know what? Complacency versus the law. Mm. Lord, help me stay on track. Please. <laughs> <laughs> because there's a lot of stuff that's going on. If we are not growing in our faith, we are sliding away from the will of the Almighty. Mm. Like the Apostle Paul mentions in Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Get your Bibles out because this is a faith talk show. And we also always use scriptures to, 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 to support what's happening today. All right. It says in Philippians 3, 12, starting off, it says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend, that for which also I am apprehended of Jesus Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
Praise God. Yes. And that's what, you know, when uh, we always tell and share with our parents and when JC goes into the women's detention center or I'm in a prison or even in a juvenile situation where we're working with the, uh, the civil citation young folks, we always share with them is that yesterday is over with. You can't do anything about it. Release and let it go and then forgive yourself. That's one of the hardest things to do to forgive yourself. It is. It is. But you know, Proverbs 16.33, it says, The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. It's from who? The Lord, Mm. the Almighty, Jehovah. Oh, God, we love you, Lord. Law refers to, as we're talking about complacency in the law, it refers to instruction. From a verb, that means to throw. Its root describes casting lots or throwing dice. Mm. When lots or dice were cast, the Almighty revealed His will in the way they landed. The personal and social failures Amos recorded are evidence that the people have rejected the truth. So it is with us. God wants to change our hearts so he can manage our actions and turn around our lives. And you know what? Maybe I should read Amos uh, 2.4. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Judah and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof because they have despised the law of the Lord. And have not kept his commandments, and their lies caused them to err after the which their fathers have walked. Mm-mm-mm. Well, I am so thankful and grateful mm. I live in this time period. Because when you think <laughs> about how they had to do things, they actually had to kill goats, kill bulls, to sacrifice to the Lord so that the Lord would sanction. Their, their righteousness, because he wasn't sanctioning their sin. Right. So there was always lots cast. There was a calf that his lot would be to be slaughtered, or her, her lot, and there would be uh, the, the lot of the calf that could go free. So God uses those same principles today, but I am glad that I am living in this time. Yes, indeed. And we're going back to Amos because he gives a figure for the women of that time period. So women, listen up, because it's it's not that I'm saying this in my own words. It's in the Bible. It's in the <laughs> Bible. And he said it because he wanted the people to understand why God would be angry with them. But this is coming from scriptures, Amos 4, 1 through 4. Hear this word, ye kind of Bashan, that are in the mountains of Samaria, which oppress the poor, which crush the needy, which say to their masters, bring and let us drink. Sounds like a party going on. (laughs) The Lord God hath sworn by his holiness that lo, the days shall come upon you. He will take you away with hooks and your posterity with fish hooks. And you know what your posterity is. And you shall go out at the breaches, every cow at that which is before her. And you shall cast them into the palace, says the Lord. 
come to Bethel and transgress. At Gilgal, multiply transgression and bring your sacrifice every morning. Sacrifices every morning and your tithes after three years. So you know uh, the Lord is being facetious here because even when you sacrifice and you're not doing what you're doing, God is, in this instance, is turning his back on you. But in Amos 4, 1 through 4, he is actually symbolizing the Israelite women in Samaria as cows of Bashan. That's what K-I-N-E is. So <laughs> You calling women a cow? <laughs> hey, if you're not living up to the righteousness of the Lord, that's how Amos looked at it. And he was a hard guy. Mm. And in fact, he wasn't really hard. He was a very quiet man, but apparently very principled. And so that's what he saw. He said, these women are the trendsetters and leaders in Israelite society. So you think today they had everything. Yeah. They were wealthy. But he says, when nations deteriorate, leaders of society who should be setting the standards, which are our men, are replaced by women and children or the infantile oh or the immature. God. So men the babies. being the, the leader or the man. That they, they should be. They turned it away and gave it to... Oh, the women. Now, not saying that women aren't doing well what they're doing, that they, they cannot be wealthy, because remember the um, Proverbs 31.10 woman, she was wealthy. Yes. She, but she clothed all her household. She was a standard among the men who honored, who, who were really honoring the husband because of her. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about what we read earlier, people crushing the oppressed. Yes. And so they caused to err and destroy the way of their paths. So you figure in the United States, women, we have traditionally been the guardian of moral standards. Amos, however, shows that the women of his day had slipped so far that they were leading the pack in immorality. Wait a minute. You know, you're saying that they were worse than the men. Yes. And in America, if and we're first of all, they were they've already the men were already they out gave the lunch, over their power. And now the women come and, in and, and they, they are, are worse, worse than, than the, the men. men. Because oh, the women God. are becoming just as immoral, and we're looking at America and the same thing is happening. I'm not saying we're about progression. Hey, I have three daughters yes. and four granddaughters. So I know what is it. And they know what's expected of them and what they can accomplish. But between 1990 and 91, according to the uh, crime reports for the United States, the female crime rate increased to 15.2%, while the male crime rate increased by 17.4%. Mm. Uh, is there something the matter with that picture? Mm. We're saying that women are almost committing as many crimes percentage-wise as men. Yes. So women... We see that in the prison. Yes, we do. We do because we've seen more and more women in prison. And a lot of them are there because they are following the men, getting into trouble, not making their own decisions. And most of them, when they're there long enough, realize that they've been doing that so they're trying to change their ways once they get to that point and make a new transition. But women, God built us as a safeguard to ensure that some measure of right ideals, standards, and practices are passed on to the next generation. 
This gives a measure of stability to our society. Come on now. I mean, look what's going on right now. Uh, Nothing, you know, Black Lives Matter, Antifa. Those are our children out there Mm -hmm. as I'm looking at it because of my age. So womenhood, marriage, and homemaking, according to Titus 2.5, and you can read that, have become subservient to the selfish accumulation of things. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I want, I want, I want. I have to have the nails. I have to have the hair. Botox. Yes. but Implants. But how do our children mm. look? How do our, uh, are we feeding our children? How are our homes looking? So Amos impolitely calls them a very demeaning name. A bunch of well-fed cows. I mean, but like their husbands, the women are oppressing the poor and crushing the needy. Because by demanding more things, they push their husbands to succeed at the expense of the weak. With the attitude shown in this passage, they probably did not care as long as, and, I, and I'm not going to call that, it's not a need. That's a want. Yeah. That's a desire. So as long as their desires were met, they kept pushing their husbands into this arena. Oh, my goodness. Are we not the greatest Christian nation has ever graced this earth? The United States of America, uh, this last two centuries, have become the global power. Yes, it is. Have we not distributed Bibles all over the world through missionaries and churches? Uh, uh, They go out to foreign countries and they... Uh, uh, share the good news to even in their own people. languages. You know, yes. uh, we have a friend of ours that they uh, ship Hispanic bam, uh, Bibles. So you yeah. know, you're getting it even in your language. So we're doing all those great things. But have we not given more money for charitable works than practically all the nations in the world combined? We feel we are a separate, distinct, and greater nation than others. Mm. The Bible was deeply ingrained in the thinking of our people until this last generation or so. Surely the Almighty is with the United States. But Amos injects, (laughs) that small prophet, he's a minor prophet. And remember now, all that New Testament, that even wasn't a thought Uh, Exactly. They didn't have anything written already for him to go by. So he did have a direct connect with the Almighty. He injects an element of doubt into this line of reasoning for both of us in ancient Israel. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph's. That's us. So just go back and read Amos 5.15. God was with their father Joseph, but was he with his descendants? They went to church and the feasts, but such actions do not necessarily impress the Almighty. Should we allow ourselves to relax because we are part of God's church? Is it possible then that even though we consider ourselves Christians, our future may not be a time of serenity and hope, but of a great testing? Are we not Fast approaching the time of Jacob's trouble? Now is no time to rest either on our laurels. Stay with us for a little bit longer while we go on to talk about complacency and morality. 
because that is really an issue. I think a lot of folks are complacent. And what's so frustrating is happening right, right before, before our eyes. Oh, you had the case of the woman who, well, the we'll transgender. But you yeah. are bring that up. We'll on bring the next it up time? in the next segment. All right. We'll be right back. This ain't no ordinary words. This ain't no ordinary song. Yeah. The God of Seven is greater than the ordinary. So I'ma give them all I have in this world. If someone loves you, they don't hit you. Hi, this is Dewey Rio with Noble, the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Executives. Dating or relational violence is an act or threat of violence by one member of a couple against the other person in a relationship. It's also when one partner tries to maintain power and control over the other through abuse or violence. The abuse can include isolating you from others, threatening you, your family, or even themselves if you don't do what they want, physical violence, or sexual acts. This is not about love. It's about control. It's not about anything you did wrong. It's about control. If you're in a relationship like this, you're not alone. There is help. Contact Refuge House, your school guidance counselor, or law enforcement. Just remember, there is help. This message is presented by this radio station and the North Florida chapter of Noble. For more information, visit noblenorthflorida.com, and together we can promote justice by action. Guess who? It's me, Elder J.C., asking your support for Livingstone's Parenting Engagement Services. What is it? It will help parents be more active in their children's lives. Other ways to support? Donate online at WeLivingStones.org or call us at 850-219-0091. Remember, your donation is tax-deductible. Welcome back. And yes, we are going to talk about complacency and versus morality. But I'll let Pastor tell that other story. He loves telling those oh, stories. God. But if you desire to uh, provide a gift to this program, please do so. Pastor and I want to continue on the air. And you can do this by visiting our website at WeLivingStones.org and click the donate button. Yes, There'll be a list of things that you can donate uh, automatically or if you have another amount that you want to donate. Your faithful donation helps us to support this program and many others, especially when you hear about the farm shares and so forth. We find that uh, when we look at the past and we look at those times of David and Amos, that they were very complacent and neglectful. And somehow when I look at today, we're at that same point. During David's time, they finally got the ark back from the Philistines. And they said, well, they could just simply send it on to where it was supposed to go in the same way. But somehow they made some mistakes as they were doing this. And remember, David was a man after God's own heart. He said that. And he was a lousy dad. Look what he did with Bathsheba. Uh, But God puts us through some of these things because he does care for us. It is. And we have to be able to see it as such. But, you know, the the story about David, he committed adultery with Bathsheba. He killed her husband, Uriah, the Hittite. 
and he caused the death of thousands and the death of his son, Absalom. Boy, does it sound very similar to what's going on in our own society here today. We have wars, rumors of wars. People want to go to war. People want to come back for more. So where are we? It's all because he at times, like we do, took God's law for granted. We too can become complacent and neglectful as to how we live our lives. Because, you know, I want to live my life my way. I mean, when you think about it, I can remember telling my parents I couldn't wait till I got 18 so I could be on my own. Boy, 18. 18. That was a long time ago. You need a calculator. (laughs) (laughs) But when you look at the children in each group that came out, they all said the same thing because we take God for granted. And if we do not respond to God, you know, he's going to increase that pressure. So we're going to read 2 Samuel 6, 1 through 9. Yes, he's going to turn up the heat. (laughs) And you will not even know that you're being cooked alive. Because you got complacent. Yes. So 2 Samuel 6, 1 through 9 states, Again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, about 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts Mm. that dwelleth between the cherubim. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gabeah. And Yusa and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which is at Gabeah, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps and psalteries and on trembles and cornets and on cymbals. It was like a marching band. Yes, it was. <laughs> they were happy. They were being joyous. And when they came to Nishan's threshing floor, you shall put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it. For the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Yusa, and God smote him mm. there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Yusa. And he called the name of the place Parazusa to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, how shall the ark of the Lord come to me? Because remember, during that time when any of the priests, they really weren't allowed to touch the ark. And it was only certain times of the year that they could actually go into what they called the heavens of heavens, the, the, the altars of altars to be kind of cleansed before they got there. Because if they weren't cleansed, they too would die in there. I wonder if some well, of us, so we need to be doing some of that. Because if you're not living up to the word of God, you can mm, die. So are we losing that lesson that God is that powerful that our morality needs to get checked? Hmm. Well, this says Amos, Jeremiah uh, in 14, 1 through 6, states the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah concerning the dearth. Judith mourned, and the gates thereof languished. 
They are blackened to the ground, and the city of Jerusalem is gone up, and their nobles have sent their little ones to the water. They came to the pits and found no water. They returned with their vessels empty. They were ashamed and confounded and covered their heads because the ground is chafed. For there was no rain in the earth. The plowmen were ashamed. They covered their heads. Yea, the hind also calves in the field and forsook it because there was no grass. And the wild asses did stand in the high places. They snuffed up the wind like dragons. Their eyes did fail because there was no grass. That drought really caused an issue. And the Almighty blames the plight of the nation. The drought mentioned in verses 1 through 6 on false prophets. On what again? False prophets to whom the people listen. Continue to read on verses 13 through 16. The prophets lulled the people into complacency. Mm. It's just like right now when they closed their churches because of COVID, everyone has to do their due diligence and make an effort to go online or Zoom or virtual. No longer did you have to be there physically. But, (laughs) oh God, you know, this virus... um, it came, it really shook up our nation. Because not only are people lulled in complacency, which led them to believe that all was well, mm. when it was not. The, the false prophets preach to them smooth things because people had itching ears. What kind of ears? Itching ears. <laughs> we did a show on itching ears. Yes, we That's did. That's the scriptures. Because people want to hear what they want to hear. And if you're not speaking that language to them, they turn you off. Yeah. Like a, like a, like remote control. Mm. Next, next, next. Or uh, what's it called today? Uh, people who you don't line up with their way of thinking, they cut you off or cancel culture. culture that's what it is that's what it is it's cancel culture they like the things that were taught to them but it was not the word of god god says they preach lies in his name if one listens to them then it is the same thing as the blind leading the blind and both falling in a ditch the same is true today you know why it's true today because there was just an impeachment trial, and you had the attorney that was defending um, President Trump or former President Trump. And now, through that cancel culture, uh, the college that he was teaching a course at canceled him. Other organizations that he belonged to canceled him. And people were coming against him because he has a different opinion. So that's complacency of just because I might have a different word or a different outlook or a different appearance, you don't like it. If I don't match up to you, you want to cancel me? That's like the, uh, the you know, the one thing that been fired me up is the, uh, <laughs> this, the, 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 the um, executive order yes. uh, saying that transgenders can play sports in high school, college, 
and also use women's bathrooms. So if you're a transgender, you can do that. And our whole thing is that that just kill women's sports because biologically men are, are bigger strong, and stronger yeah, than yes. women. And it's come to prove itself because there was a MMA fighter who was born a biological male who was a trans female and became a MMA fighter and through that fight delivered and broke another female skull. And, you know, people are calling the transgender uh, the bravest athlete in the history of LGBTQ. Oh, really? So now men can knock out women and it's okay. Oh, I forgot. Oh, no, transgender, transgender female. Because I think I'm a female. But he hit that woman so hard with an uppercut with his knee that it cracked her skull. And and people are saying that's athletic. That's almost like a death sentence. Yes, it is. And women, those in who are in sport in the sports arena need to start speaking up about it because you are not on the same level as that transgender. You're just not. So the transgender female wants to play football. Oh, no, that's right. Um, It's a male that becomes a female. So now maybe it's a woman who wants to be a male. She going to go and play football now? Well, we'll be reading those stories in the news. Okay, all right. (laughs) But that, Lord, that's like complacency and morality. You know, are you you all right with this? Are we teaching that? If you look at Bible scripture, this is not good. It is not. This is not good. It is not of God. It is not. uh, It's bad enough that we're killing babies right now. We're sacrificing our children through abortion like in the days of Baal. And the days of, uh, I'm trying to think of the tribe out of South America. We look at them and say that they were what? Savages. And we're doing the same thing. Let me repeat that. Once again, the same is true today. I know this. I got to keep on. Because whatever happened yesterday, history tends to repeat itself. Yes, it does. And any modern president or presidential candidate saying to the American citizens that the cause of all our problems are spiritual in nature. I mean, are they saying that? If a national figure today said before a group of people that the reason we're having troubles in the United States is that we need to repent and get back to God, many of us would just laugh at them into shame or contempt. And the reason we're seeing the immorality in, in the United States is the effects of listening to false prophets and also people being raised up to, to believe. I mean, I can't believe that there are courses and people are trying to promote re-education of folks because they think a different way. You well, got to go my, to a, class, a, a camp. Yes, a, 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 a recertification uh, camp yeah. or something to that nature. But, you know, God gives us not the spirit of fear, but of sound mind. And a lot of us are not operating with a sound mind. Mm. But there are two verses that connect complacency and morality, and that's Jeremiah 48.11. And I love Jeremiah because he was truly a strong prophet. And Zephaniah 1.12. 
Jeremiah 48.11 says, Moab had been at ease from his youth, and he had settled on his leads. And we're talking about that. And had not been emptied from vessel to vessel, neither had he gone into captivity. Therefore, his taste remained in him, and his scent is not changed. Mm. And when you think about lees, if any of you uh, do your own homemade wine, um, you find that you kind of decant it into a clean vessel because even Yeshua said that you don't put old wine into new wineskins because what will happen, it will burst or it will have a settlement in it during the process of fermentation of grapes because you know when grapes, they kind of explode. So a person who is settled on his lees is one who, through spiritual idleness and ease or morality or mm-hmm. lack of it, has gradually become indifferent yeah. to his morality, mm-hmm. tolerant of his lack of spiritual drive. And ultimately, we get hardened to God and sin. And that is what the devil wants. Yes. In the process, he becomes blind to his spiritual state. And I think a lot of times that's why people fall away from God. They say they don't believe God because they become indifferent. They yeah. become intolerant. And on the other hand, uh, the verse of Zephaniah one twelve says, And it shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem with candles and punish the men that are settled on their leaves, mm. that say in their heart, The Lord will not do good, neither will he do evil. And while the flesh was yet between their teeth, ere it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was kindled against the people. And the Lord smote the people with a very great plague. And he called the name of that place Kiprath Hataba, because there they buried the people that lusted. And this was a time period when God was giving them their manna was giving them the birds to eat. And we were always, what we do naturally, complaining because we're always singing, the Lord's not thinking about us. And, you know, it's that same old story about kids are hungry, but mom's in the kitchen fixing it and they don't know it. They're just complaining, complaining, complaining. Well, it's the same thing with God. He's fixing it up. He's making it right. He's getting it so that you can move forward on your next step. So here we have uh, Zephaniah 112 practically tell, tells God he is not governing <laughs> and that man gives himself over to his own lust. Because you know what that says, I can do it better. These are the individuals who trust themselves to have found the perfect balance. I'm looking for the perfect way to live. Well, we know about the story of the northern kingdom's demise because they got overtaken because they wouldn't listen to God. And Judah was spared. And now here we are. You're going to complain again, seeing what happened to your brothers and sisters. In, not, and they weren't in Christ at that time, but they were of God. You saw what happened to them then, taken, put in captivity. And now here you go. But so far down the line, as we get closer to the story of Nebuchadnezzar, we see that Judah is also taken during that time period. And that's because not only because of false prophets, yes, but you also have false leaders. Yes, you have uh, politicians and uh, people in leadership positions uh, 
who sometimes are not uh, looking out for your best interests, but some of their own best interests, because you don't know that there was a whole thing about backroom deals mm. or smoke fill rooms. Yes. So are they looking out for your best interests or for themselves? Because whatever is done in darkness, it will come into, into the, the light, light. Yes. eventually. And that's why God tells us to always put on your whole body of armor. Because we've wrestled not with flesh and blood, but a power and principalities in high places. You think you're high, but there are people, demons and imps higher than you who are battling with Michael, with the angels to keep your place with God. You just have to know that. And that's why morality is the way it is right now. Yes, it is. STDs are at all time high. Uh, you got that COVID-19, and you you know it started with a one, <laughs> two, <laughs> true, three. Is that 19, and there's more to come. Yes. And that doesn't, that doesn't even say COVID-19A or COVID-19B. Well, now we have variants, <laughs> and they're strains. contemplating whether or not the vaccine is going to be able to cover those variants. So if there's an, a change in how that strain does, and go back, I know I'm getting off track, but go back and read what the ribonucleic acid does. It's an amino acid, not quite like DNA because DNA is a double helix. This is one of the ingredients yes. of the vaccine. Yes, but it is, well, COVID is part of that RNA. And what it does, because it's a single helix, you know, it's, it's just like anything. When you're jumping rope and you're jumping with one, it's kind of easier to jump and you can do kind of different tricks. But have you ever done double dutch? Uh-oh. It's a little bit more difficult. So RNA is the single rope. Double dutch is DNA. So the single rope, it can break easily, go into different cells, can cause fever because that's in its respiratory. So it's going into your lungs. And so I can see how there could be many variations right. of that. And so trusting that, you know, whatever they're doing with the vaccine, that, that it's going to work or maybe yeah. not. Yeah. Just pray. Cause I know how long did it take uh, to find a cure for a penicillin? Mm. And that was by accident. On yes, some moldy bread, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a long time. And now it's something that they just came up with. But In you know, less than six months, but technology has changed. Yeah, praise God. Well, you know, just just praise God all the time. So does contentment replace complacency or complacency replace contentment? So stay tuned and we'll find out in a second. Bet. We'll be right back. to the Stone Builders Hour, a unique talk show hosted by Pastor Gary and Elder JC every Thursday at 5 o'clock on Wave 94.1. Hey dads, Pastor Gary here from Living Stones with a fatherhood tip just for you. Fathers have the most influence over their children. So dads, please spend as much time as you can while your children are growing up 
because, after all, they want to be just like you. For more information, visit our website, welivingstones.org. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Stone Bloopers Hour with Pastor Gary and Elder JC. Uh, we are talking about uh, complacency and morality, but this segment, we want to just talk about complacency versus contentment. Oh my goodness. In Numbers 11, 33, 34, the place where the Israelites settled with Moses was called Kilbroth Hatava, which means the graves of craving. Graves of cravings. That's, we're craving to the grave? Mm. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, God, keep your Bibles open here. In verse 4 of the same chapter, the Israelites gave into not only their cravings, but denying God would look after them and supplying their needs. Uh-oh, watch out, watch out. Mm. We do not realize as his people, God is working everything out like J.C. said, like a mom in the kitchen. So you have a child who's hungry. You got a baby hungry. Oh, wow, wow, wow. I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. But mom's in the kitchen fixing up the milk, fixing up the breakfast, fixing up the food to take away that hunger. But the baby doesn't see the works in action. So... But as mature believers, we have to know the Almighty is working everything out for our good because he said that he would never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. You know, our human nature, we want it when we want it. Because we're a microwave society now. I remember there was no microwaves. No, there wasn't. You know, there was a time before microwaves. Praise God. We're never satisfied. You know, hey, there's a song in there somewhere. When lust is involved, it leads to spiritual death. That's that crave, graves of craving. And remember, when we cave into our lust, the returns are never bountiful. Well, you're right about that, because as we look into being in our lust, we tend to get further. It's just like someone who's a, a drug addict. The more they get into it, it takes more and more to get them to that point of what they originally were looking for, which they never find. So Philippians 4, 11 through 13 speaks to that. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, this is Paul, therewith to be content. Mm. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. I wonder how many of us would say full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. Because you know, we can't suffer. That's right. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Yes. So our first lesson to learn is to be what? Content. Mm. Just like the Israelites, when we reject anything God is supplying us, we reject God. Just as they rejected the manna. Sounds like my children when they didn't want to eat a particular food and they would say, well, I need to eat something else. And it's like, no, because I took the time to cook this. You either eat it or you go to bed hungry. And I had one daughter who went to bed hungry a few times. (laughs) Until she realized that that's what was on the dinner table. 
Yeah, it don't mean that you can go get something else. Either. That's true. That's true, which we do today. Or we find mothers or fathers cooking two and three meals. That's not going to happen. Uh, we grew up in our day out of one pot meal. That's so right. <laughs> On the stove. <laughs> yes. You leave it there, and when you're hungry, you just go and got it. Jesus spoke about being the true manna. Thank you, Lord. And mentioned in Matthew 4, 4, men shall live by every word of God. And John 1, 1 and 14, that Jesus is the word. You know, he says he was the word, the word was with God, and the word is God. And sometimes, you know, when we do have those cravings and we're really not sure we should be eating anything, especially when it's late at night, I'm, uh, I'm a... A disciple of that. <laughs> but what I do is when I know I really shouldn't be doing that, I'll open my Bible because that will give me the food that I need to move to the next step. But are we craving God like we do our particular favorite show? That's one thing the pastor and I have found out now. There's been so many shows out that have for seasons and for years that we knew nothing about. So right. now we've gotten an opportunity to be picky and choosy and we can look at them. But due to COVID-19, that's one of the things that we've been doing. And we've, we're we're movie buffs anyway. That was the biggest yeah. abstinence that I have right now with COVID-19 is not going to movies because that was our date night, Pastor. Yeah, forever. It seems mm-hmm. like, you know, back during the day, uh, like the 70s, we've been married 48 years. So I remember we would plan our cut days from work. Oh, and, don't say that too uh, loud. Oh, work oh, might come back and get you know, us. <laughs> because you get sick days, you get off right. days, you get uh, personal days and things of that nature. And we would coordinate that and we would take days off and we would go to the movies or go to the park and we'd go have fun. And uh, and life was enjoyable. Yes, it was. And still is. Yeah. We don't have complacency. We never knew um, that there were so many movies that we could look at. We find it special now that there's a whole lot of them but being ever so grateful we don't want to replace those movies that's right with our study time and word with god how about you yeah you gotta stay in front of him at all times all times humble yourself unto the lord and and that's why let me talk about ezekiel uh 28 uh, 12 through 17 because this is where we're at right now. And Ezekiel says, Son of man, take up a lamination upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus says the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardis, the topaz, and the diamond, the barrel, and the onyx, and the jasper, the, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. I'm not sure I've ever seen a carbuncle before. I'm going to look that up. Uh, you don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> the workmanship of thy triblets and thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Thou art the anointed sherbet. Y'all know who I'm talking about, right? That covers. And I have set thee so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of the fire. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that was created. 
Thou iniquity was found in thee, the complacency. Mm. But thy multitude of thy merchandise that have filled the midst of thee with violence, thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thou heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Mm. You know, the reason why I wanted to talk about the creation or Satan, you know, somehow he got the big head. Yes, he did. You know, at the time when you were walking with God, you were there in the beginning. Yes. And Somehow you got dissuaded over self and pride. Satan is constantly trying to move us away from God because he did it. Now he, he wants wanted you us to, to do, do it. it. Yes. My mom said that, you know, I used to hang out with some some tough kids and and so she said, if they jump off the bridge, you're going to jump off too. It was a Glenwood Bridge at that time. <laughs> you know, you're going to jump. And I remember going riding my bicycle down to the Glenwood Bridge and looking down. Nah, not the kid, not me. Most of it was Satan's pride. And he will never stop trying to pull us and pull you away from the Father. The deceiver was full of pride. The very thing we must guard against so that we do not corrupt the wisdom of God has given us and become complacent. The source of how he, the devil, turned us away from Yeshua. He said in 1 Timothy 6, 9, this is an apostle, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. True contentment comes from God as a gift of our faith. You know, there's this young man. He's a rapper. He spent... <laughs> This is this is talking about him. him. Yes, I think his name is Little Uzi, Uzi Vert. Uzi Vert. For three years, he saved up twenty four million dollars yes. and had twenty four million pink diamond implanted in his forehead. forehead. Yes, a twenty four million dollar diamond right in the center of his forehead. God, that is. That just talks about how they will be rich and fall into temptations and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lush, which drown men in destruction. With that $24 million, there's more things that he could have done than he, put a diamond in his head. He's not thinking about that. But, but then on the other side of that, you have people like Bill Gates, who's now talking about we should be eating artificial beef or something like that. <laughs> um, he's talking about throwing some magnesium up into the sky to cover the, the sun because we're, we're getting all these hurtful rays. I don't know. Now we're going to be in dark and now we're going to eat plastic meat. I'm not thinking I'm on oh, that level. So because he has, and that's part of that false prophets, 
because he, he's the richest man yep. and one of the richest guys in the world. He wants to black out the sun, to cover, to prevent global warming, and he wants us to eat a false beef uh, uh, instead of real beef because cows fart, and he's saying it messes up the ozone. The environment. The yes. Environment. So, oh, God. Well, we're going to be thankful <laughs> that we're placing, you know, they're not placing their complacency on oh, hold. God. But we're going to stay tuned to our final segment. It looks Already? like, yes, it looks like we're going to have to come back and maybe follow up a third complacency. Praise you know, God. Part three. Part so three. stay tuned and we'll be right back. <laughs> In you I find my worth, in you I find my identity Pastor Gary here from Living Stones with a fatherhood tip just for you. Dads make a valuable contribution to the well-being of their children, such as promoting healthy physical, emotional, social, and spiritual development. So dads, start today to be the best father you can be. Also, check out our website, welivingstones.org. Welcome back. But you know, we don't have a lot of time for this ending section. So I want to read two scriptures that I think pertain to what we've been talking about complacency and especially with this um, morality and why we need to be staying tuned with God. But First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So God's concern for me is that I give thanks and pray without ceasing and rejoice evermore. Amen. And 1 Timothy 6, 6-9 says, But godliness with contentment mm. is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare. I think you just said Louis oh, Ebert putting a twenty-four million carat diamond in his head. They all waiting. They all waiting. They gonna snatch that thing and go. You got bodyguards around now. You got to live with bodyguards. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful mm. lusts, mm. which drown men in destruction and perdition. And he's a follower, yes. Because there's other people who got diamond in the, in the on the side of their head, right? They got diamond. He in He wanted cheek. to do it bigger and better, and then we just talk about that too. Oh God, all the things that you could have done, but you know what? That's his money. He earned it because you have people out there paying six hundred dollars mm. for a ticket to go hear this person. Oh God, thank you. Insanity is just taking over us. But you know what? James one twenty two. He says, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. You know, because complacency and hesitancy, it goes hand in hand. So we're going to stay tuned for next week. We're going to have to do uh, part three on complacency because I'm not, uh, 
I'm not finished with you. I'm I'm not complacent right now. I'm fired up. You know, I'm fired up in my bones. Fire. Praise God. We love the Lord so much. Yes. In the midst of a storm, you can have peace. Lord, we need peace right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, follow us on uh, 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 our podcasting. and Google uh, Music, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. And we'll be right back in the name of Jesus. Next week. Peace out. People go. Your life has been out of control. You're confused. But don't worry. It's got to get better.